This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey, for those of you wondering what's happening at Right From The Deep, here you go. First, thanks to all our patrons on Patreon. You guys help make this show possible, and we're so thankful for you. And a special thanks to our June sponsor of the month, Bobby Eptograph. Yay, Bobby! Bobby has been a longtime supporter of another ministry called Friends of Renacer, an ecumenical support network for a home for abused, orphaned, and abandoned children in Honduras. It's a ministry of presence, of praying, visiting, listening, encouraging, and helping financially. You can find out more about all of it at friendsofrenacer.com. Right. And many thanks also to Mike McClellan. Shout out to you, Mike, um, at Podcast Production Services. This guy is our fabulous sound editor. He fixes all our boo-boos and he helps make our sound better. So if you guys need sound editing or music, because he writes jingles, intro music, that kind of thing too, check them out at podcastps.com. That's podcastps.com. And we wanted to give just a word about our world situation as we record this. It's early June, and the world is starting to open up, but we're in the midst of all the riots. We're in the midst of the anger and the vitriol and the hatred out there and the confusion by so many people. There's turmoil and unrest. There's a global pandemic. There's political division. There's rampant racial injustice. There's persecution. There's giant killing hornets. I mean, it it just gets to the point where you sit back and you say 2020 is the year that never should have happened. So here's the thing. We have an incredibly powerful and important tool at hand that we can use against all of this. And we want to encourage everyone to pray. You know, it's not the least we can do. It's the most we can do. So we can seek God and ask him to help us First, love him with all our heart and soul and strength and mind, and then to love our neighbors as ourselves. Imagine if we lived that out, everyone lived that out in the world, how all this would be taken care of. So pray for his kingdom to come, his justice, his mercy, and his healing, and hold fast to him during this time of unrest. Right. And now, here's Here's the the show. Welcome, writers. Welcome to the deep Some of you guys have heard me mention on the podcast that my husband and I moved to Kansas from Oklahoma for his job, and we ended up in an apartment for a while, and now we're about to move again into a house. So moving three times in the space of a few months, this makes you take a good look at all of your (laughs) stuff, which actually quickly becomes clutter. Um, Aside from just our possessions, guys, there's all kinds of clutter. And today we're going to talk about them and how they can inhibit our peace and therefore our writing and our spiritual relationship and all kinds of things. Psychology Today has an article called Five Reasons to Clear the Clutter Out of Your Life. It's by Susan Krauss Whitburn, a PhD, and she summarized the findings of recent research. And she says that the problem with being cluttered in your life is is these five results. Low subjective well-being. In other words, clutter makes your home environment feel unfriendly. And number two, unhealthier eating. 
Number three, poorer mental health. Number four, less efficient visual processing. I mean, you know, it's hard to read people's feelings when your visual surroundings are filled with random stimuli and you don't know where your focus is supposed to land. And number five, and this is the one that really concerns us as writers, although it all does, less efficient thinking. You know, there are plenty of other articles and research about the negative effects of clutter, but we have to realize not everyone has the same tolerance or intolerance level. Some people can do just fine in a certain level of clutter. So we're not saying you have to get out there and be an organizational guru in your life. What we're saying is it's time to evaluate what you need, what you can tolerate, and what needs to go. Right. And as a good example, I'm not good with clutter. (laughs) But Karen, (laughs) on the other hand, she has more clutter, you know, and some of us can work well in that environment and some of us can't. So I I even have a sign in my office that says a clean desk is a sign of a sick mind. (laughs) And I would say the opposite. (laughs) So so there you go. We're we're all different. But here's let's talk about all different kinds of clutter, though. Here's some types that we thought of. And the first one is spiritual clutter. So what is that? You know, spiritual clutter, in our minds, we're thinking baggage that we carry, that we should have let go of. Um, It's bitterness. It's past sins that we can't forgive ourselves for or other people. It's past hurts. Or it's getting too caught up in the minor issues, okay? There's a lot of that, too. Sprinkle baptism or immersion, you know, communion every week or not, pre-trip, post-trip. There's all these things. And this extends even now to church policy, for example. When are the churches going to reopen? Should they? How? You know, there's, we're not going to agree on all of these things. And this becomes clutter. Another part of spiritual clutter is looking at other people's actions and judging them. And man, there's a lot of that going on. You know, they should be wearing masks. If they're not wearing masks, they're not being kind to their neighbors. If they're wearing masks, they're living in fear. We we just feel this necessity to police everybody else. And you just can't do that. That's God's job, convicting and revealing sin. That's God's job. It's not our job as his followers. So keeping your mind cluttered with what others ought to do is not helpful. So why is it all harmful, specifically spiritual clutter? Because we lose sight of the basics. Love. (laughs) God loves us and we need to simply love him back and love our neighbor. Again, if we could be focused on this and live at our lives with that as our primary centering principle, a lot of the issues that we're looking at and that are just in such turmoil today, they wouldn't even exist. And when you have spiritual clutter, it multiplies small problems and makes them seem big, you know, right. huge. I don't know about you guys, but but I had a day today that I would rather just crawl back in bed and pull the covers over my head. First, it was that we got a bill yesterday to a medical provider for $1,000 that we shouldn't have to pay. And so we had to call them today to talk it through with them. And, and you have to deal with all of that. And then I forgot to turn on my oxygen machine, so I didn't get a really restful sleep and then I had to do this and then I had to take care of that. And by the time I got in here to do this podcast, when Aaron asked me how I was doing, I told her, I'm in a crappy mood. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) A lot of that is because of the spiritual clutter, because of all the things going on. And with each one, it magnifies the next. 
Right. And your resentment builds, you know, yes. and in churches too, guys, divisiveness, you know, we have yes. this multitude of details and then churches split, you know, so how do we clear out this clutter? Again, go back to the basics. You know, when you feel bogged down, maybe with an overabundance of theology, go back to the basics, love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. Don't forget about loving yourself there and then get rid of baggage. See yourself as God sees you. That's one way that we can get rid of our spiritual baggage. You know, we are a beloved child of God, dressed in Jesus's righteousness, not ours, but Jesus's. And understand, we're not saying that's easy. It's not like you can just take that baggage and toss it out the window. You have to go to God and you have to submit it to him and let him show you how to deal with it and how to resolve it. You can also go and use our online workshop about rewriting inner tapes and self-talk because so much of that adds to the baggage. And you need to understand where it comes from and then how to let God deal with it. Right. And we can get a link in the show notes, guys, for that yeah. um, workshop if you're interested. It's our Going Deeper workshop on overcoming damaging self-talk. And then you can discern the underlying issues behind the details and address them. Sometimes all the details are signs of another deeper problem. There's a saying, it's very seldom about the cat. And they talk about somebody coming in and being angry and kicking the cat. Well, there was a lot of stuff that happened in that person before they vented their anger on the cat. It's not about what seems to be the immediate issue. It's about a lot of things that have piled up. Right. So the next kind of clutter we want to talk about is mental clutter. And what, what is that? The article that we mentioned earlier defined mental clutter as a state of mind in which you can't inhibit irrelevant information. So it's too much information coming at us. But honestly, I think it's a little bit more than that because sometimes we feel all of that irrelevant information is relevant. <laughs> so we, we feel that. So it's just a lot of stuff coming at us. And there's also a clutter of voices around us, all these opinions flowing around it. How do you know who to listen to? All these voices that tell us what the good life is, or that tell us who God is, or that tell us what truth is, that tell us what racism is, that tell us that we have white privilege and don't you dare deny it, that tell us what we should want, tell us what a good parent and a good Christian is. How do you know how to sort through all that and to listen to what's really valid? Right. And so why is this harmful? Well, okay. How do you know how to sort through all that? You know, sometimes though, the, the clutter of the mental clutter of having so much on your mind, maybe just a jumbled to-do list, that is stressful and problematic because you forget things too easily. I can walk into a room and forget why I'm there, okay? So having this big jumble in your mind of to-dos, that is very stressful. You're never going to remember it all. Or a cluttered mind crowds out our thoughts and our ability to focus and organize. And all these opinions coming at us can fatigue us and make us less responsive to which opinions really do matter. It, it can get to the point where you just feel so overwhelmed and you know you can't please everybody and invariably you end up feeling guilty because right. you're not doing what people are telling you you're supposed to do. And we can end up freezing or shutting down because it's just too overwhelming. You just get to the point where you want to just close in on yourself and forget the world. 
Right. So how do we clear out this clutter? Um, say, for example, that clutter is a jumble of stuff you need to do. Well, get the clutter out of your mind and onto some type of external platform, like write it down or get a to-do list on your computer or on paper. Get an organizer so you can write it out and then it goes out of your head and it's on your list. Then you can stop worrying about forgetting things because it's on the paper and it will help you see what's possible and what's not so you can make better decisions with your time also deal with one thing at a time folks multitasking did you know that that kills brain cells i think i've said that before <laughs> on the podcast um it's it's just not good to try to multitask we've forgotten how to focus how to get immersed in one thing and do it from beginning to end so try dealing with one thing at a time rather than than letting your mind ping pong to everything that's on the list and figure out whose opinion really matters. With all those voices and all those opinion, ask yourself, is this something that resonates with me? If it doesn't, set it aside. There are lots of right ways to feed your kids, to pick a church, to pray, to do whatever it is that we need to do. That doesn't mean you shut off the world, but it means you limit the advice you take. You limit the input because you know that people have differing opinions and you have to ask God to sort it out for you and tell you what you really need to listen to. Right. That's exactly it. As Christians, we have to use God's word and we have to pray because of so many opinions. But guess whose opinion matters most? God's. So check what you're thinking with scripture. And sometimes scripture doesn't address everything in practicality, like which school to send your kid to or whether to homeschool, for example. But you know, look for the principles of scripture and do your best to apply those. And then seek counsel from people you trust, not everybody. And even then, you know there's going to be differing opinions. But remember, you are a spirit-led believer. So trust Christ's voice within you. Amen. Another element of clutter is emotional clutter. So what is that? Look at where we're all at in the midst of all this insanity. It's an overload of unresolved emotions. There's so much happening in the world today and so much that when we watch the news, when we go to Facebook, when we read emails, it's all just coming and hitting us and it hits us emotionally and you get all these feelings and, and frustrations and all this stuff stirred up inside of you. There's too much happening in our corner of the world or in the church or in our town or our neighborhood for us to sort through and figure out what we really feel and own what our feelings are so that we can change them if they need to be changed. There's so much happening in people's personal lives. When I was going through my emails yesterday, I couldn't believe how many of my friends have family crises and health crises and kid crises. And, and it's like everything is falling apart at the same time. And I can't help but feel that the enemy is determined to get us all confused and jumbled up in our emotions and what we're feeling so that it incapacitates us. Exactly. That's why it's harmful. When we're incapacitated, we're, we're going to emotionally shut down or worse, we're going to be apathetic or we're going to be hard hearted. You have to be able to sympathize and you can't sympathize when you're all locked up inside of yourself. You can't reach out and care about people the way God has told us to do when you've got all these emotions just clogging up your spiritual pipes. So how do we clear it out? You take time, guys. That's, that's a commodity we all have and one we seldom use. Take time to understand yourself. 
research, to understand the historical basis for what people are feeling about what's happening today. Research so that you understand for yourself what you think about it instead of listening to everybody else in their hurt and their frustration. Find out what you really think and really feel and then listen. Gosh, guys, sometimes people just need to vent and nothing you or I can say or do beyond listening to them will help. Listening is a powerful gift that you can give to others. And it doesn't mean that you agree with everything they say, but you can look at them at the end of whatever they need to vent and you can say, I hear you and I understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And of course, pray. Ask God to reveal what's happening inside of you. Ask him to remove anything that's hindering you from following him the way that you need to. Ask him to give you his eyes and heart so that you can understand what you really need to get caught up in emotionally. And then be honest about the beliefs and emotions you're having. Don't stuff them. Don't deny them. Just take them to the Lord. Or again, talk with them. Talk about them with someone that you know you can trust who is spiritually wise. And then surrender what needs to be surrendered. Don't hold on to things that you feel because someone else told you you should feel it. Just hold on to the things that God gives the amen to. And finally, where you can, resolve the emotions, understand where they come from, and then let go of them. Ask God to resolve them and move on. Right. So the next kind of clutter we want to talk about is house clutter. We probably all have some of this somewhere. I mentioned Karen's office. (laughs) So what is it? It's stuff you should have thrown away, but you're afraid to because you might need it someday. Or it's stuff that's just not put away because you don't know where to put it or you're too tired or whatever. It could be even just you've got the wrong size furniture in your space so it feels cluttered or you've got way too much furniture. And why is this harmful? Okay, it's not restful. If you don't feel good about your environment, if you can't find a place to sit, or you got to shove things off your bed before you can lie down, or you can't find what you want when you want it, it's frustrating and it isn't restful. I'll tell you, my my hubby has this um, habit. I don't know why. He keeps every receipt ever that he gets and he crumples it up and pulls it out of his wallet and he throws it on the dresser. I don't know why, but there's a messy pile of receipts that are all crumpled up. This is not restful to me, probably because I do the budget and it's, you know, subconsciously, I'm probably thinking we overspent because there's a huge pile of receipts there for, you know, six months. Okay, I don't know what the deal is, but that's my issue and it makes me feel not restful. When you can't rest in clutter, how can you do anything? How can you write? How can you have a peaceful relationship with God or anyone else when you're constantly feeling the stress. Now, I want to say one thing to follow up in this, and this is kind of what we were talking about at the beginning about your tolerance level for it. And I have a certain tolerance for clutter. It makes me feel at home. I just, you know, (laughs) I have piles around me, and generally speaking, I know what's in those piles. And it's, it's uncomfortable to me when a place seems sterile, which if it's too organized, it can seem that way to me. But 
even I have my limits. And I have to confess to you that after several years of dealing with health issues and not being able to dust and not being able to do things that I normally would have done, my house is now too cluttered for me. And we have two homes and they're both too cluttered. So you need to determine how much you can really be tolerant of and still be productive and happy in your life. And when it crosses that line, and when it crosses that line, it's time to clear it out. So how do you do that? Have a designated place for everything. And if you don't have a place for it, don't bring it into your house. You don't need more piled on top of what you already have. Right. You know, let me say here, let me just cut in here, because because Alan and I are going to be moving, we're trying to think through now, where is this thing going to go? If we don't have a place for it, it's not coming. You know, that's that's one thing you can do. You can also limit your stuff to things that are useful in this stage of your life. You know, life changes, our abilities change, our likes change. I have a lot of things that are craft materials. I used to craft, I used to scrapbook. I don't do that anymore. I don't find joy in that anymore, but I still have the stuff jammed into a a file cabinet so that if I ever feel like doing it again, it's there. Well, I don't need to do that. I need to give those things away to somebody who it will bless. If you have things that have sentimental value, which I have a lot of that, you can take pictures of them to remember them. Sometimes that works just as well as having the real thing. But when it doesn't, do not feel bad about keeping that thing that has a sentimental value. My mom collected spoons. She had wonderful spoons that were a history of the trips we took together as a family. I will not get rid of those things. I will keep them, even though technically they could be considered clutter. But what they do is remind me of the trips that we went on, and I will pass them on to other generations when I'm done using them. So (laughs) there you go. Just make the judgment based on what really works for you. Right. Like, for example, for me, when we were getting ready to move, I found a box of old schoolwork that we, when I was homeschooling the boys for a little while, we had all this schoolwork. Well, we didn't need all of it, but I did take pictures of some things so that they can remember, oh, this is the funny story you wrote about this or that. And and a picture was, was fine. It sufficed just fine for them. They don't need the actual article. So in our case, that worked out okay. Another thing you can do to declutter is just think of doing it in small portions. So don't try to do your whole house or your whole office or whatever. Just do a closet or do a drawer so it isn't overwhelming. The next kind of clutter we want to talk about is workspace clutter. So what is that? It's cluttered, unorganized, messy workspace. That is the type that becomes dysfunctional for you. Some people like to have, like we were saying with Karen, you know, some people do like to have a few piles on their desk. That's fine if that's okay with you. But if it's too much unorganized, messy workspace. Um, or it could simply be that you don't have a designated space to work. Maybe your dining room table is your space, and that's cluttered with homework and other things, so you don't have a clutter-free workspace. Um, maybe it's to-do clutter. It's, it's just all these things that you want to do, and you don't have an order of priority, so you have too much on your plate. Your workspace clutter in your mind of things that you have to do, your plate is too full, or you have the wrong things on your plate, or too much that you're responsible for. So why is it harmful? <laughs> 
the most harmful part of it is that you can't find what you need when you need it. And there's nothing for writers that can kill creativity, like getting sidetracked to trying to find something. And, you know, you put it in that one spot where it was safe and it's not there. So what the heck did you do with it? So it kills your creativity. You also fall prey to the tyranny of the urgent. You, you have to not let yourself do that. And one way to avoid it is to unclutter, is to put things in the designated spot that we talked about before. And face it, guys, it's kind of hard to write a sweet love scene when you're looking at a big pile of laundry or your calendar is hanging on the wall reminding you that you only have this one hour and the rest of your day is crammed with running around doing things that you shouldn't be doing because you put them off to the point that now there's a big pile of your to-do list and you can't focus on your writing time or you feel pressure. Don't do that to yourselves, please. Or sometimes clutter just makes you procrastinate because you can't find what you need to start or you don't know where to start or the project is too cluttered. It feels too big and it makes us procrastinate. So how do we clear that out? It's helpful to start by setting a priority for each day so you're not wasting time on the things you don't mean to. I don't know about you guys, but I finally learned do not open your email first thing in the morning because that's when I'm most creative. And so for me, setting that priority helps keep me and my work time from getting hijacked from email. Another thing you can do is break big projects into smaller tasks. That helps them seem more manageable. Another thing, look for things you can delegate. Ask yourself, am I the best person to do this task or not? And some of you out there might have kids who probably could learn to put away their own laundry or whatever. You know, so when your workspace is cluttered, look and see if you've got too much on your plate, what can you delegate out? Also create a space. If you don't have one, designate a space that's conducive to you focusing on your work. I, I told you guys that I'm moving into a new house. Well, I walked through that house to pick an office out for me that's conducive to focus on my work. And that means it needs to have a lot of light for me and it needs to have a place where I can put things so I don't feel cluttered. <laughs> so designate. You might not want to look at the dirty dishes in the sink, or you might not want to have the TV near you or whatever. So just think about where your workplace is going to be. And then make sure you have all the supplies you need at the start of your work time. That way you're not interrupted by going to find them or look for them. Another thing that you can do is have routine in the morning. And sometimes a part of that routine is to give yourself time to gather everything together. I'm not the kind of person who can gather it all together the night before. But when I wake up in the morning, I have a certain routine in what I do. I make my coffee. I make uh, heat up bone broth. And while I drink those things, I think through what I need to accomplish during the day. And then I give myself a certain space of time to go and gather what I need and get it set up and then I can move on into the day. So it's it's about what works best for you. But, but what we're saying in all this isn't you cluttered bum, get your space <laughs> cleared up, get your emotions cleared up, get your spirit cleared up. That's not the case at all. What we're saying is recognize that clutter 
all of these types of clutter that we've talked about can interfere with your ability to spend time focusing on God. It can interfere with your creativity and your writing. It can hinder you in doing the work that God is asking you to do. So the best thing that we can do is submit everything to God. You know, there's there's a big move about cleaning things out and taking an item. And if you look at it and it gives you joy, you keep it. And if it doesn't, you set it aside. But you thank it first for what it's done for you. I think in clearing things out, what you need to do is take a look at those things that end up being clutter, whether inside or outside, and ask the Lord, is this something I need to let go of? Is this something you want me to release? And if it is, let it go, friends. You will be so much happier and so much clearer. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same.